0: So tonight, I want to, and and it's kind of perfect that, that we are going into this series right after our series, Devoted, because what I've seen is so many Christians devote every part of their life to the Lord, everything, but the one thing that they don't devote to God is dating, relationships, and who they love. So tonight, I want to preach a message to you entitled, The Three M's, The Three M's. And this is not a joke. Sometimes I joke like this, and, but this is not a joke. I want you guys to remember this so much that I've gone and bought 350 packs of M&Ms. And on your way out tonight, everybody will get a pack of M&Ms. Just to remind you of the three M's, if you are allergic to peanuts, do not grab the peanuts ones. But there are caramel ones because I had to test them for you guys, make sure they weren't poison. you know? <laughs> the, M, the, the caramel M&Ms, they're bomb. So at the doors, that's how like, that's how much, like, I want you to remember this. So, okay, here's the game part, because, because I think that, like, there's a bit of confusion when it comes to all this stuff. We're going to play a game right now called Love Song or Worship Song. Here's how it's going to go. You just play it from your seat, but we're going to do a, a, a game called Love Song, Worship Song. If you think that these are the lyrics to a worship song, I want you to just lift one hand. If you think it's a love song, just put your hand on your heart, okay? Here we go. Throw, throw up the first one for us. I need you loving in my life. <laughs> You're the only one whose love is better than life. All right, lift a hand if you think it's worship. Put it on your heart if you think it's love song. All right, survey says, that's a worship song called Jesus I Long by Hillsong United. All right, next one, next one. Because you are mine forever, love, watching from up above. Ah. Oh, a little mysterious. Worship song or love song? What do you guys think? All right, survey says, Love song, dude. Josh Groban, the guy who does the Christmas songs. How many, how many do we have? We got like five or so? Cool. All right, let's do, what was that, number two? We'll do three more. Okay, uh, next one. I'm coming to you for the love that I need. I'm desperate for your touch. Oh, I mean, like, it had me then tell the word touch. All of that sounds a bit, all right, survey says, Worship song, Seeking You by Hillsong United. Has anybody got them all right so far? Oh, we get it. You're super saved. <laughs> all right, next one, number four. Sometimes I run, sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared of you, but all I really want is to hold you tight. That's gotta be love, right? If it's, if it's worship, man, you get all the M&Ms at the end of the night. What is it? It's love song. Thank God. It, it, that would maybe be heresy. Okay, last one, last one. All right, you have been the beauty in the song I sing, the fragrance of the rain. You have been the mystery in my deepest dreams. I feel like I should be serenading my wife right now. You make me fly away. Worship song or love song? Worship song. (laughs) By our boy Phil Wickham? By Will Flickham? What? Okay, here's the thing about there's a the thing about love, sex, dating, relationships, future marriage, all that stuff. We're confused. Look at your neighbor say, you're confused. Like, we don't, we don't even know. We don't even know if it's a love song or a worship song. But you know the surefire way to figure out that before you get the little answer at the bottom of the screen? Is if you just went to the songwriter, to the maker of that stuff, because they would clear it up real quick. They would tell you the source of the lyric, where it came from, the inspiration, whether it was love or worship song. And I don't know if you know this, but when it comes to love, dating, relationship, marriage, yes, even S-E-X, sex, God is the one who created all of that stuff. So if we have any amount of confusion, where should we go? We should turn to God. Somebody say amen. amen. That's why our sermon in a sentence for all you beautiful note takers tonight, our sermon in a sentence is this. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. This is the number one reason why every relationship you have ever been in has ended, and it ended bad. All right, would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. We're actually going to go through three different verses, one for each of our three M's tonight. This will be the first one that we go through. All right, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. Here's what it says. It says, no one. Somebody say no one. No one one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and be enslaved by money. Another version says you can't serve both God and money, and I know that the topic of that being money might seem a little bit out of place, but we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, I pray, speak to us tonight, and God, please let the Kansas City Chiefs lose the Super Bowl on Sunday. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. And God, please don't let the camera cut to Taylor Swift every time the Chiefs make a play. And I'm a Taylor Swift fan, if you can't tell by the boots. <laughs> um, what's, like, the biggest decision? Hey, sh- yes, Niners, come on. But, like, sh- shout-out Chiefs fans. God bl- my brother and sister live in Kansas City. God bless you guys because, like, the whole world hates you right now. But, like, as a Raiders fan, let me just say, welcome to the club, bro. <laughs> um, what's the biggest decision that you've ever had to make in your life? Think for a moment, like, what was the biggest decision you ever had to make in your life? Um, I remember when I, was a, when I was a kid, like, growing up in the 90s was different, bro. It was different. And we were, like, me and my brothers, we were boys, boys. Like, we were outside all the time. We had rock fights, like, stick. My brother broke my nose with a stick one time because um, we were playing lightsabers with, with these sticks, and he broke my nose. We climbed trees. Bro, if you ain't climbed a tree lately, get outside and go climb a tree, boys. Like, it does something to your soul, man. Um So one of the things that we would do, uh as like boys boys and also being white, is that we would catch <laughs> We would catch lizards. We would go outside. All right, be honest, any any other boys catch lizards? Bro, like it's like It's like a rite of passage as a young man. Like if you if you get to like if you get to, like, adult age, they should ask you, you ever caught a lizard? And if you're like, no, then you're like, then you're not a man. Get out there and catch a lizard. Um <laughs> So we, we caught a lizard, and my mom, she never cared if we caught lizards. Like, we're, well, I, I, um, one of the places I grew up in, in Corona, I lived in Corona for a while, There's a huge dirt field right next to the apartment complex where we lived. So we'd go to this dirt field, and we would catch lizards left and right. They had, like, the alligator lizards, the standard lizards, all of it. The one thing that my mom always said is, do not ever bring one of those creatures into my house. And my mom was a single mom for a long time, and she is five foot three, she weighs 95 pounds, she's the scariest woman on the planet. She was like, by the time me and my brother were five years old, like, we were too big for her to whoop anymore, so she started carrying a wooden spoon. Like, my mom was crazy. So when she said not to do something, like, we were, like, she was serious. So, we snuck a lizard in the house one time. (laughs) It's basically risking our life. So we sneak this lizard in the house, right? We get in the house, and and, um, my, I don't know where, like, my mom and my dad went. My mom and my stepdad, like, were gone somewhere. And we decide to take the lizard out in the living room and kind of like, dude, this is so dumb. We're just, like, playing with this lizard in our house. So the lizard's, like, running around and stuff, and, like, we're having a blast, and we're catching it, and, like, this poor lizard, dude. Like, PETA is going to, like, come and shut down our YouTube channel. We're, like, playing catch with the lizard. We're, like, dude, it's awful, man. These are boys in the 90s, you know? Uh, and, like, so then we're, like, just trying, kind of chilling. And then at, at some point, we almost, like, forget that the, li- the lizard's just a part of the family now, you know? We just forget that the lizard's even around. And and then it's, like, running up the, the like, the you know, the TV. It's running up the entertainment center thing you know and we're like oh look at the lizard like it's like he's rock climbing or something you know gets up um have you guys ever seen a vcr you guys know what vcr is so like the vcr you know is like we had tapes before there was dvds you guys probably don't even know what dvds are um and like you would put like but there was like this little door you know (laughs) like a little door into the vcr bro the lizard like Gets up there and he like open like no he didn't like open the door but he's like starting to climb into the VCR you know and we're like oh so we go after it but it freaks out and it runs into the VCR and the little door if you know how like the VCR doors work they just boom like they shut on their own once the tape is in there you know boom and it shuts and the door shuts behind the lizard me and my brother look at each other like we're dead. So we, like, are monitoring the VCR until the time that my parents come home. The lizard never comes out. We're, like, holding the door open. We can't even see it. We don't know where it's at. I don't know if this is, like, the, the VCR into Narnia, and it, like, disappeared back there somewhere. But it never came out. So then my parents get home. And now, remember I was, like, talking about decisions? We have a decision to make now. And there's a few options on the table. One, do we tell my parents? Do we go, Mom? We did exactly what you told us not to do, and the very thing that we know will get us whooped by that wooden spoon that's currently in your back pocket. That's number one. Number two, do we, uh, like, when, when my parents, before my parents got home, the second option, I think, was, like, do we try to take the VCR apart? Like, get a screwdriver and, like, but then if we break the VCR, we're also going to be murdered by my parents? Because, like, we, were, we did not have money growing up, and if we broke that VCR, it was, like, we, were, we would have died. Or number three, do we just never tell anybody about it and take this to the grave? So what did we do? We t- like, my mom's probably watching right now going, Corey, next time I see you, you're getting the wooden spoon. <laughs> Dude, we never told anybody. And that lizard never came out. You know how weird of a feeling it was the next time I watched my mom slip a tape into the VCR and I'm just thinking to myself, that poor little gecko is in there being smushed to death. <laughs> Have you ever had like a di- like? What was the greatest decision you ever had to make? If you're taking notes, the three M's. The first one is the greatest decision you will ever make in your life. Number one, master. Somebody say master. The greatest decision of your life will be who is the master of it, and most people want to be the master. Of their own life. But Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 says nobody can serve two masters. For you will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve God or be enslaved by money. But the Greek word for the word money there is the word mammon. Mammon. And it's loosely translated as money. But the deeper meaning is actually the treasure a person trusts. A treasure a person trusts. So I guess the real question is, where do you put your trust? Because those will be the hands that hold you. Here's here's kind of how I see it. Okay, um, okay. I need one of my favorite people to get the pastor's junior high boys. I need a junior high boy to come help me. Okay, right? You junior boy? You in junior high? Yeah. You're in middle school. All right, come help me. What are they feeding these kids, bro? You're, like, as tall as me, man. Okay, come here. Come here. Uh, stand right over here. What's your name, dude? Anakin. A- You're a lion. His name's Anakin? Is his name Anakin? Is it actually? Bro, my guy. I like, I love Star Wars, bro. I have a Star Wars, I have two Star Wars tattoos. Okay, Anakin, um, I'm going to give you some stuff. Hold that for me. I need some random stuff. Can I use your, is that a sweater? Can I use that? I need you to hold this for me um i need other random things i'll take your phone uh, you're willing to give it shoot anakin don't lose her phone <laughs> um nah, i can't use that i'll get everywhere can i use your jacket lip gloss perfect can i use your jacket as well okay cool this is her, like, just <laughs> <laughs> just don't give me yeah give me a crock for sure um the umbrella would be great thank you just remember who gave me stuff that's good that's good all right anakin here's what i want you to do um I'll, here, let me, like, slip this between your arm. Now, you see how you're starting to hold that? Hold all of that, like, as tight as you can. Like, clench it, everything. Okay, now come stand, like, right over here. Yep, now face me. Anakin, I want to give you this crock. Everybody, like, saw how that panned out, right? Like, here's the thing. Here's what it looks like to live as God is your master. Now, instead of clenching everything, because Anakin's a big, strong Sith Lord that I cannot pull this stuff from because he's holding as tight as he can to it. But imagine instead you just held your arms out and everything that you have, without dropping it the best you can, just kind of hold your arms out in front of you. Here, let me let me grab that from you. Yep. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I wanted the lip gloss anyways. Give me that. That's not my color. Um, yeah, perfect. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let me take this. Keep your arms out there. Keep your arms out there, Anakin. Now, all of a sudden, Anakin can feel super empty-handed, as if everything's been taken from him. But now, he is in a posture and a position where if I was like, I want to give you some Crocs. He's able to receive it. Now, here's the, here's the thing that most people do. Most people, what little they have, they hold as tight onto it as possible, and they're in some crap, toxic relationship that's no good for them, but they're holding so tightly to it that God's like, I actually, I don't know why the dirty junior high boy's crock is going to be symbolizing your future relationship in this illustration, but it's just how it panned out. But God's like, I have something so much better for you. But if you are not postured, everybody just put your hands out right in front of you. Okay, catch this crock. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like if you are not postured to receive anything, if you're like this, then you're never in a position to receive from God. What does it look like to live as God is your master? God is not a God that walks around barking orders at you. God is the one who thought up free will. And God gave you free will. And he actually wants you to exercise your free will and your creativity all the time. But if you live like this, then God is free to give you stuff. Hey, everyone give it up for Anakin. Uh, whoever's croc this is. Woo. Umbrella. That was Lila. Good catch. Um, phone. Here we go. There we go. Lip gloss. Uh, that's my Bible. You can't have it. And then there was two sweaters. This ain't your jacket. He just thinks this girl over here is cute and thinks that he could give him, <laughs> ah, just kidding. <laughs> this, this series is called The Chase, Chase After the Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what does it look like to live as God, as your master? It's God, everything that I have and all that I am, I hold so loosely to it. Because what is, what is mammon? You can't serve both God and money. Mammon, you can't serve both God and mammon. Mammon is the thing you put your trust in. Do you trust God? Here's, here's, here's probably, this ain't in my notes. Here's probably the pinnacle of spiritual maturity. God, I trust you more than I trust myself. I trust you, God, more than I trust even myself. So the question is, whose hands are you going to trust your life in, God or yourself? Or... I don't know why I get so high pitched when I get worked up. Or like so many other people, are you going to end up putting your life in and trusting your life in the hands of some random girl or boy? Because if so, uh, and I get it, like it's it's what Aladdin taught us. Do you trust me? He's like, I can show you the world. And he puts you on a magic carpet and he flies you in the exact opposite direction of where God's called you to. And I know that's silly. I know that's funny. But what I'm telling you is I've seen it happen so many times. I just watched this happen with a very, very, very strong Christian who got into a relationship with someone they shouldn't have been in. And now we ain't seen them up in church for months. They walked totally away from God and all the things that God was calling them to. And I'm just thinking, man, Amber, is this the the series that they finally listen to us? Trin, is this the time that they finally hear me out? Jordan, what do you think? They're going to actually hear me. Miranda, Wyatt, hey, maybe you should come tell. He'll tell, he'll tell you all next week, okay? Wyatt's preaching next week. Like, I, I pray to God that this is the time that you hear, because there have been so many of our students who have sat in, in messages and services just like this and have heard things just like this. Do not let some relationship be the master of your life, the thing that leads you away from God. Do not let it happen. And then, you know what so many teenagers end up doing? They go and do it anyways. Man, don't let that be you. Because God has better for you. See, I think that this is why your generation calls lust a thirst trap. Because it is a trap set by the enemy to pull you away from all that God's called you to. Do not fall for the trap. How do you not fall for the trap? This is some of the best relationship advice I could possibly give you. You ready for this? Everybody say, Y'all ready for this? Do not get desperate. Do not ever let yourself get to a place of desperation because you are the son of a king, you are the daughter of a king. And if the sons and daughters of a king are anything, it's not desperate. And I know, like, I've had friends who get to their early 20s, um, mid-20s, and they're not in a serious relationship heading towards marriage, and they really start to get desperate. They really start to get antsy, like, God, when are you going to bring my person? And you know what ends up happening out of desperation? Because of the desperation, they settle they compromise, they go back on the things that God had called him to. Do not settle. Don't get desperate, because here's the, like, you have to be in a relationship with God that's so solid that you're, like, spiritually full. You know, that your your soul is satisfied, because here's the thing, your standards drop so low when you're starving, right? Like, Isn't it weird how it's the hardest to decide what you want to eat when you're not really that hungry? But when you're super hungry, it's like, bro, anything. Like cup of noodle or filet mignon, either one, bro. Like 89 cents or $89, I don't care. Hear me again. Your standards get real low when you're starving. But uh, not to use another one of your generation's terms, but a little snack doesn't do anything for someone who's starving. And a relationship that you could get into, it will not do anything for a starving soul. So who are you going to trust your life in their hands? Here's the thing, ladies. All the ladies say, hey. hey. I'm not going to lie. Every time someone else does that from the platform, Trinity did it earlier. I just thought like, i put my, my head down and go,
1: hey.
0: It's just, it's so, it sounds so fun. <laughs> um, Go to Bridge Women Night, by the way. Uh, um, it's going to be awesome. Ladies, I really believe that a woman's heart should be so close to God that a man should have to chase him in order to chase you. To get close to you, that, that, that he would have to chase after God first. Guys, all the men, I believe as men that our faith should be so strong That there's not a face pretty enough to make us turn from God. Who will be the master of your life? I say this all the time, but the thing is, so many of you, you want this amazing, phenomenal love story, love life, romance. God wants you to have that too. But if you want a beautiful love life, make God the love of your life. Somebody say amen. Because if you could put God in his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. So number one, M, master. Our second M, mission. Somebody say mission. I think that the second greatest thing that you can discover in life is God's purpose for your life. Here's your second verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. Ephesians two ten. I absolutely love this verse. And here's what it says. It says, for we, that means you and me. Look at your neighbor. Say you. Look at your other neighbor and say, even you. This means us. Check this out. This is what God's word has to say about you. While the rest of the world is trying to say all this garbage about you, here's what God's word says about you. For we, you and me, we are God's masterpiece. Somebody say, masterpiece. masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. All right, two things about this verse. Number one, you're a masterpiece. Number two, you're a masterpiece on a mission. Those two things alone, if you just take those two things and go meditate on them, think about them, and think about what that means for your life, it could change so much. Because here's the thing. Not anybody gets to handle a masterpiece. So, ladies, that means not anybody gets to be in a relationship with you. Not anybody, not just anybody gets to go up to the Mona Lisa and make sure, oh, it's a little crooked. (laughs) That means that means not anybody not anybody gets to hold your hand. Oh, it's just holding hands, Cord. Okay, yeah. But if you're a masterpiece, guys, if you are a masterpiece, that means there's certain spaces and places that you do not go. Because anybody know where the Mona Lisa's at? Yeah, Paris, France, France, at the, the Louvre. I've been to the Louvre. I've been to Paris. It's incredible. It's it's breathtaking. The Eiffel Tower, eh. But the Louvre, the Eiffel, it just, everyone was spitting off the Eiffel Tower. Like you couldn't walk under it because everyone's spitting. I was like, this is nasty. But the Louvre is incredible. And you know why the the Mona Lisa is at the Louvre, this incredible art museum in Paris, France? And it's not hanging off a thumbtack at your aunt so-and-so's trailer? Because your aunt so-and-so's trailer doesn't have the value to hold a masterpiece. And there are places that do not have the value to hold a masterpiece like you. That's why we, as believers, we as Christians, we as Jesus followers, God's masterpieces, we do not go to certain spaces and places. And one of the most, I love this. This is one of my favorite things to preach because y'all will hate it, but the parents will love me for it. This is why one of the most loving things that your parents can do is say, no! But mom, I want to go to that party where all those cute
1: boys are going to be.
0: <laughs> and your dad's like, no, not happening. Why? Why? Because your dad sees the princess in you that you apparently don't see in yourself because you want to go take royalty and put it in a garbage can? You don't drive a Lamborghini in the mud. You do not take off-white, off-white Jordan 1s and go hiking in them. You do not take a masterpiece like, somebody's the sneakerhead over there said, yes. You do not take a masterpiece like you. And so number one, you're a masterpiece. And that means so much for your life, more than you can possibly imagine right now. You need to take that and go and meditate on it and ask yourself, what does this mean for my life? Number two, you're a masterpiece on a mission. You are a masterpiece on a mission. God has called you to do some stuff. Another little game I wanna play. We have, a, we have an image we're gonna throw up on the screen. It's an image of two circles. All right, so here's the thing about these two circles. Contrary to what you're thinking right now, these two circles are not equal. They are not the same size. The coloration does something to your eyes that makes you think that they're the same size. So now what I need you to do, I need you to help me figure out which of these two, because I know, because I mean it's my image, I know which one's larger, which one's smaller. So, all right, who thinks that the larger one is the pink one? Okay, who thinks the larger one's the blue one? All right. When this image first went on the screen, what was your first instinct? Those those circles are equal. You know why? Because they're identical. They're the exact same size. (laughs) You said, the pastors lied to me. I feel so manipulated. Exactly. Exactly. You want to know why I did this? To help show you how easy we are to manipulate. And I got you to go against your own instincts and what you originally believed just because I said the coloration. So now imagine you add in a pretty face, some charming words. You add in a little bit of romance. Then all of a sudden, you will not be abandoning ship on two circles being the same size. You'll be walking away from your faith. Do not let emotions and a relationship manipulate you out of your mission, manipulate you. Yeah, guys, let's all just make fun of the kid who grew up with the speech impediment. Come on, lay it on me. (laughs) Shout out to everybody who does speech therapy, man. I did speech therapy until middle school, dude. It's like, it's basically brainwashing. Um, the worst part about it, like, this has nothing to do with the message. You do speech therapy long enough, you realize they're, like, retraining how you think, and then you become the pompous, arrogant person who thinks that they have to correct people and how they say stuff. So now every time someone says something, I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> actually, war turtle evolves out of squirtle, you know? <laughs> Just take my lunch money now. Um, Don't let any relationship manipulate you away from your mission. Oh, God, that was such a tough statement to say. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because I could throw a, dude, I can throw two circles on a screen and make the vast majority of this room raise their hand in commitment to that one's larger than the other. But when the image first went up, y'all knew. All of you oh, yeah. One's pink, one's blue, but they're the same size. Don't abandon ship on your faith, man. Don't abandon ship on your mission just because some relationship comes around. It's like some man. I some of y'all are really like Ariel. Out here, like I want to be where the people are. I want to see. I want to see them dancing. Don't make me sing the whole song. Walking around on those. What's that word again? Oh, feet up where they walk, up where they run. Yeah, but then, but then, what does Ariel do? She trades. Where's the real Disney fans at? What do they do? They. She trades her voice for some legs but i remember vhs i'm rewinding the vhs what was the first thing that the prince was into when it came to ariel anyways it was her singing and ursula manipulated ariel into getting rid of the very thing that the prince was attracted to in the first place what's your point, Corey? You're talking about Ariel. Yeah, the little mermaid has some really good biblical principles to teach you right now, not least of which are the enemy is a liar and a manipulator. And the biggest thing he wants to lie and manipulate you about is the God-given purpose and mission that he's placed on your life. Why? Why would Satan want to do that to me? Because because Satan is shaking in his furry Ugg boots. Because that's what he wears. When he thinks about you stepping into your God-given potential. When you start getting on mission, the devil is terrified. But the devil can't, the devil can't destroy you. So he'll distract you. You want to know the number one way he chooses to distract you? Relationships. Love. All of this wrote, which none of that stuff, all of that stuff was God's idea, anyways. He just gives you a distorted, jacked up, second hand, knock off, generic version of it. It's not Cocoa Puffs, it's chocolate Comet Balls. <laughs> and I grew up poor, bro. They're not the same thing. <laughs> Do not let, man, I've been saying this so much lately, dude. So much. Don't let the enemy. Don't let the enemy distract you because no matter what, here's what you got to get in your heart. This is what I've been saying so much lately. We, had, we have a, a, one of our students who's on the other side of the world fulfilling God's call on her life right now. When she came back, we had, we had some talks, and man, me and Amber are chatting with her, and she is in tears paying the price for the call that's on her life. And I looked her in the face, and I said, it's calling over everything. It's purpose over everything. It's kingdom over everything. Whatever God's called me to, there is not a single thing in the entire world that I would not lay down. In order to be your pastor. Because God's called me to do this. I would sacrifice anything. And some of you who are close to me, some of you who know me and Amber, you know the sacrifices that we've made for this. Because we love you, we love Jesus, and this is what God's called me to. And I'll tell you this right now, bro. The enemy has tried time and time and time and time again to get me to quit. Keep trying, bro, because I'm still here. (laughs) That's not, that wasn't, like, the moment to, like, <laughs> I like that you clapped. I appreciated that, but that was not, like, hype me. That was, like, get, get to the place where your perspective is this. It's kingdom over everything. My calling, my purpose, my mission, that comes before everything. And if anybody wants to come around and try to get into a relationship with me, anybody, they better get in line with the mission, and they better get on board with my calling. Because if not, you could be a Christian, but you're not a candidate. Because if you're going to get in the way of the calling— nothing and no one gets in the way like when I was 19 God called me into the ministry and and brought Amber to that internship with me and I wasn't planning on this um I'm gonna just put you totally on the spot Amber come here hey who wants to hear Amber preach for the next two minutes Amber two two minutes why did you go to the internship and what was that what was that journey like
2: Oh, wow, the internship. Um, I didn't want to go. I was super stubborn. I was like, I wanted to be a nurse um, because my sister is a nurse, and I wanted to make money and always have a job. Those were my motives. It was not, God, what what do you want to do with my life? It was, I want to make money and have a job, which aren't bad things. That's a good thing, to support yourself, to support your family, to have a good job, to go to school, do well. Those are good things, but it wasn't what God was calling me to. And so I had to... Get past my stubbornness and say yes to this internship that I went to. I also didn't really want to look like I was following Corey. Like, that was kind of embarrassing for me because I grew up very, like, I got to take care of myself. I'm very independent. I'm not going to, like, rely on a guy. I had that attitude, which isn't good. I needed to learn submission. I needed to learn respect and really unto God. And that helped me to learn it towards my husband. Um, But I didn't want people to see me following somebody. I wanted to do my own thing. So I was just really stubborn and I decided to go and. Yeah, that kind of started the journey of like, you know, I really think that if I would have, I was going to Cal State San Bernardino, I was the first in my family to go to college. So it was a big deal. My mom cried when I dropped out to go to school of ministry. That was very difficult for me. And and it was kind of embarrassing for me. It felt like very vulnerable. But I knew that God was calling me to that. But it took everything in me to say yes to that. But I wouldn't be standing here. I don't even know if we would be together. If I decided to go be a nurse and we would have kind of lived a little bit of a separate life. Because to be honest, before that internship, I didn't want to do ministry. I didn't want to give my time to what God wanted me to do. I wanted to give my time to what made me money and took care of me and brought me security in the world. Not security in God. And so, yeah. Anyways.
0: Pastor Amber, ladies and gentlemen. One of the things that, one of the things that she said is like, I don't know if we would be together. And that is so true. When I went to the internship, I went all by myself. And I left, I left this girl in Fontucky, Fontana, California, an hour away. And we didn't know how our relationship was gonna work. And then God called her to go as well because it was also a call in her life. But man, I'll tell you this: kingdom over everything, mission over everything. You don't let so let's talk for like two seconds. Here's here's the next fun part. Let's talk for like two seconds about what is how do, how do you discover, I'm gonna put this over here. How do you discover your calling? Look at your neighbor and say, how? So I'm going to play some country music. Oh, it's already on. Let's go. That's all the country you're getting out of me. Um, all right. We got a guitar string, but here's the thing about the guitar strings. When you get guitar strings, they do not come attached to the thing that they're designed to be attached to. And in order to fulfill their purpose, they've got to be attached to something larger than themselves. But here's, uh, anybody know what this part of the guitar is called? The headstock. So um, who's the head of the church? Christ, Jesus. There's a lot of Christians who might come and be attached to Jesus, the headstock, but all they're doing is just hanging around. And that doesn't sound too good. But what happens when you take the headstock and you attach it to, what's this part of the guitar called? The body. Who's the body? Ah, same difference, tomato, tomato. Who's the body? We are. The church is the body. So what happens is you take a guitar string, you attach it to the head, you attach it to the body, and then what happens is the tuning knobs bring about tension. Everybody say tension. Here's the thing, is that when you're attached to the head, you're attached to the body, and then there's applied tension, that's when all of a sudden, anybody know that song? Yes, you're a real one. Something beautiful can be created with your life. Without the tension, nothing happens. If you're not attached to the head sock to Christ, you can't even begin to fulfill the primary purpose of your life. But you also need to be attached to the body. Corey, are you saying that my life calling can't be discovered if I don't go to church? Yep. That's exactly what I'm saying because you and I are the body of Christ and how does God reach the world through the body of Christ? And so you have to understand is that that tension, it won't be comfortable. Tension's not comfortable. Like have a, after service, boys, have your friends stand on either side of you and pull your arms as hard as they can in opposite directions. That tension will not be comfortable. But here's the thing when it comes to God. When it comes to God, it's in the tension that God reveals his intention for your life. And then all of a sudden, in that tension, having been connected to Christ and the body, remember that banger? No, 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 we grew up in the emo phase. You guys, who knows that song? Hey there, Delilah. Okay, that's it. Hey, some of y'all, wait, one more. Oh, I should have asked you for the guitar pick. Uh, it's the best I'm going to be able to do. Who, who watched Stranger Things? All right, you might be going to hell. Just kidding. Just to prove to everybody that I grew up an absolute metalhead. Okay, you can mute this. So how do you, how do you discover your calling? You attach yourself to the head of the church, which is Jesus, and you attach yourself to the body, which is us as Christians, us as believers, the church, and you live in that tension, because here's, here's what I say all the time, alignment over assignment, and so often we go to God asking, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, God, what do you want me to do, what do you want me to do, God, what do you want me to do, and I think sometimes God's like, I called you human beings, not human doings. And I, I'm just pleased in your being and who you are. And if you just align yourself to the master, then the mission will fall in your lap. Somebody say amen. All right, let's jump into the very last M as the band comes up and we start to close this down. We've got master. We've got mission. Let's talk about number three, mate. Look at your neighbor. Say, hey, Mate. Can I be Australian? Hi, mate. <laughs> if you get that reference, you're my favorite. <laughs> After deciding to follow God and his plan for your life, the next most important decision that you will make with your life, and I believe this with everything in me, the next, the next biggest decision, the next most important decision you will make with your life is who you will one day marry because that will be such a determining factor to the direction of your life. Matthew six thirty here's your third verse. Seek first, somebody say first. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. It's almost like put God in his rightful place and everything else will fall into place. You will never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker, but too many people are lusting after love. And here's the thing. Lust can never be satisfied. It must be crucified. What do you mean lusting after love? Here's what I mean. The majority of young people watch Disney movies and chick flicks, and I love them all. I can't stand the Kansas City Chiefs, but boy, do I love Taylor Swift. I was supposed to be in a Taylor Swift music video, and I wasn't, and I'm still hurt by it, okay? If you want to hear that story, I'll tell you later. (laughs) Um, Just go watch... I knew you were trouble after service and pay attention to the band that's in it. That was the band that I was in. The risers say heavy worship and I'm heartbroken. (laughs) Um, But we listen to all these songs and all of these movies and we watch all this stuff and we get convinced that love in a relationship will fill in us what only God can fulfill. And I'll tell you right now, this is why every relationship you've ever been in has failed and it's failed badly. It's ended bad because what most of us do by default when we are not right with our maker when God is not our master we go looking in a relationship for the people around us to fulfill in us what only God can fulfill in us i know this is cliche i know this is cheesy i don't care i'm wearing these boots and i am going to say it how i feel it there is this god shaped puzzle piece in your heart and you are over here trying to fulfill it with a relationship you are the little kid with the toy block game and It's a triangle, but you've got a circle. And you're like, that was me. I broke half of my toys doing crap like that. And we're doing that with our own hearts. Here's the thing, ladies. He will not fulfill your every heart's desire. Only God can do that. And so if you get in a relationship and you're asking this young man to do that for you, what you're asking him is to be God in your life and he will fail at that every single time. Boys, gentlemen, guys, men, she will not give you validity and identity. You will not all of a sudden feel like the man because you pulled some girl. It will not happen. And if you look to her, to fulfill that in you, you are asking her to be God in your life, and she'll fail at that every single time. So imagine two young people getting into a relationship together, and both of them are asking each other to be God in each other's life, and both of you epically fail at that. And then what do you do? You turn on each other. You didn't fulfill mine. You didn't fulfill my needs. You were this, so you were that, and blah, blah blah blah, and it ends badly. Versus getting into a relationship. you say i will never love you as much as i love jesus and i know you will never love me as much as you love jesus and all of my needs and everything in me has been already fulfilled and met by my maker by jesus christ so any of those false expectations i release you of them you can be who you were created to be, who you were designed to be in my life, just a helper. People that do life together and are on mission together and can bless each other and be amazing and phenomenal. Can I tell you, me and Amber have been married. This year will be 15 years that we've been married and marriage freaking rocks. It's awesome. It's challenging. It's tough. We argue a lot. We both came from broken homes. It's not easy, but it is the best thing outside of serving Jesus that I've ever done you know why this works? Because Amber doesn't come to me saying, fulfill in my heart all the things that only God can fulfill because I would fail at that so bad. But here's the thing, young people. Here's the here's the craziest part about all of this stuff. You guys ever see, I know this, dude, I know. This is so cheesy. It's so cliche. But you ever see that picture of, of like the little kid with like the tiny little tattered ugly teddy bear and then like, You know, your grandma posted on Facebook Jesus like holding the big old giant beautiful teddy bear behind his back but he's kind of like, you got to give me the ugly one first, you know? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. God wants you to have an amazing relationship. God God wants to bless you so phenomenally. He wants to give you something exciting and adventurous, exhilarating. You know, like, like the, the butterflies you get in your stomach and the memories that you made. God wants to give you all of that. God wants, to ha- wants you to have a healthy, phenomenal marriage and one day family. But if you're not right with your maker, you'll never be right with a mate. Stop holding on to second best because God has better tell you this, you will, Pastor Zach, our lead pastor, he says this all the time, you'll never come in last by putting God first Ephesians says, God wants to go above and beyond all that you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of, and I know some of you ladies have been dreaming about your wedding day since the day you were born (laughs) you know whatever you're dreaming about guys, whatever you have in your heart that you want, whatever you've imagined, whatever you've hoped for, did you know that God wants to actually give you even better than that But he can't do that if you're taking matters into your own hands. He can't do that if you decide that you're gonna be the master of your own life. So I think that tonight, what we should do is we should say, God, you're the master of my life and my life's purpose will be to fulfill your mission. And as I chase those two things, I know that finding my one day mate, it'll fall in line. Because if I put you first, everything else will fall into place. So tonight, we would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Maybe tonight you're, you're here and you're like, yeah, I, I've never made that decision to make God the master of my life, the Lord of my life. I've never given my life to him, but, but you know, Corey, I want that. I want to do that. If that's you and you would say, I, I want to step into that relationship, before I pursue any other relationship. I want a relationship with God. I want a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I'm gonna count to three. And when I, get, when I get to three, I just want you to lift a hand and you can put it right back down. This is just us saying yes to God. This is us saying like, I wanna step into relationship with him. So if that's you, when I get to three, lift a hand, put it right back down. Heads bowed, eyes closed. One, two, three, go. Man, that's so cool. You could put your hands right back down. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray. But I know for many of you, you're probably like, I've never prayed before. That's okay, I'm gonna give you the words and we're a family here at Bridge Youth, so we're gonna pray together. Would everybody say these simple words right after me? Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. From this day forward, you are my father, And you are my master, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? What we're going to do is, uh, before anybody moves, we're going to get into a moment of worship, and and we're going to pray a special prayer um, together, just about, God, what are you calling us to? What's the mission on my life? Um, But I want to just, like reminds you guys of the conversation last week. What we're about to do at the front here, when we worship, it's reverent and it's sacred. And there might be some of you who you're already like, I've been sitting for a while. and if I walk up to the front, I might start distracting people. Let me say one more time. I know I said it last week. God help me if anybody up in this room tries to mock worship. We've got a lot of leaders who will pull you out to that foyer section real quick and have a talk because that's, that's even different than disrupting, just being a distraction during the sermon. The front, this is for people who want to pursue God, chase after him. Tonight, is for people who want to worship him. But it's also for people who say, God, I've never asked you what your mission for my life is. And Corey, I would love if we could together pray about that. So what we're going to do, we're going to ask everybody in the room to stand, whether you're coming to the front or not, that you would stand. But if you want to come to the front, start heading down here. <clears throat> Um, as you head down, if, if you want to just go straight to our prayer stations to start getting prayer with them about what's the mission that God's placed on your life, feel free, you can head straight over to our prayer team. They're the ones right on either side of the lighted stations. But we're gonna pray, because why, why would we stop and pray about this? This is crazy, man. <clears throat> Two things, okay, this wasn't in my notes, and I'm over my time. Corey, just take off your watch, who cares? It's gigantic right there and you ignore it all the time. Anyways, (laughs) don't laugh at me, Jordan. (laughs) You guys, if I did anything wrong after I got saved, I I wasn't going around and being sketchy with girls. I wasn't, but I I dated just to date all the time. And I broke up some friendship and I hurt a lot of people's feelings. I brought a bunch of division and all of it was destructive. And then I met Amber because our youth group was like, as big as like this little group right here. You know. That was our whole youth group. And when a pretty little blonde walks into a youth group of 12 kids, everybody goes, who's she? And literally every single one of my friends tried to get her number and date her, <laughs> but I got her. <laughs> um, but you know what's so crazy? By the time Amber and I start talking and, and we're becoming friends and stuff, it was the first relationship that I went and talked to my youth pastor about. It was the first relationship that I went and got advice and wisdom about. And it was the first relationship that I ever brought before the Lord and I prayed about. And it's the woman that I married. That's not to say if you pray about a relationship, you're definitely marrying them. I'm just saying for my life, I don't think that's a coincidence. The very first time that I got in a setting like this and I asked God, what do you want to do with my life? We were at summer camp at Pinecrest, the same camp that we still go to. And I talked to my youth pastor right before because my life was falling apart, but I wasn't living in sin. I became homeless and I was living out of my car. I was on my way to go to RCC to do criminal justice and try to become a cop. I know, me, a cop. I don't. The, the, the smirk was just real insulting, okay? <laughs> yeah, I would have been a terrible cop. I'd be way too nice. License and registration. They'd be like, no. I'd be like, okay. I'm going to like go get coffee or something instead. I'd really get to, I'd love to get to know you. Um, But my youth pastor goes, well, Corey, have you ever asked God, what do you want to do with my life? I was 19. I'd been following Jesus for four and a half years. And I'd never once asked him, what do you want to do with my life? So I don't know why I remember this, but I was in the back left side of the room. While everyone else was worshiping, I was being a really great youth leader sitting in the back during worship. I was twiddling with a Capri Sunstraw. I I don't know why I remember that, but I prayed, God, if you tell me what you wanna do with my life in this service, I'll do anything. The preacher, he gets up on stage and he starts giving his introduction to his message. I don't remember his name. All I remember is he was from Colorado. And 30 seconds into his message, he stops dead in the middle of his intro and he says, I can't move on without saying this. The Holy Spirit's putting this on my heart. There's somebody in the room, you're on your way to be like a cop or a firefighter, but God's calling you to ministry. Don't run from it. I look, to this, I look next to me and my youth pastor's like, Amber's leaning forward like, that's you. All my friends are like, we just talked about this. And I'm like, I know. He could like have a giant neon sign with my name on it. What's your point, Corey. Do you not know what God wants to do with your life? Well, have you ever asked him? So what if we do this? What if we just posture our hearts and our lives, to God, I'm, I'm willing, whatever you have for me. And we just ask him and see what he might put on your heart. Would you do this? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Would you put your hands right in front of you like you're receiving something from God? God, we just we just confess today that you're, you're the master of our life. You're the author and finisher of our faith. We want you to write our story. God, you could write such a better story with our life than we could. So we just relinquish the pen over to you and we say, God, would you write these next chapters? Now, God, we ask you, what is our purpose? What's our calling? What's the mission that you've placed on our lives? God, I pray right now as as we lift this up to you, God, that you would speak to young people all over this room. You would speak to those who who you are calling to ministry, the ones you're calling to be kids pastors and youth pastors, to be preachers and teachers evangelists, to be missionaries who go to third world countries and, and meet needs of people. God, to those who will start brand new ministries, those, who, those whose ministry will be on social media in, in ways that we could have never imagined or dreamed of. God, I pray for those who you're calling to, to be business leaders, God, you'd bless them. Those you're calling into the, into the music industry, God, that they would have such tenacity to just follow after you with everything in them and never compromise. God, maybe there's actors and actresses or, or filmmakers and directors in this room. God, creatives. God, would you help the next wave of Christian influencers to rise up in this generation and to not waver? God, even right now that you'd be putting on the hearts of young people what it is that you're calling them to do love you, we honor you. While we worship, I, I pray that God just speaks to you and that he settles these things in your heart as we just do exactly what we are created to do, and that is to worship our master, our savior, and our God. Come on, let's worship him together. Worship Honor you. Lord. You're so good. We bless you, Jesus.
3: and what it was all about and what dating was about and what it meant to be in a godly relationship in middle school and high school. Um, And something that God brought back to my heart tonight was I never invited his guidance into what that looked like. I never brought a relationship to him, like Corey was saying. I never prayed about it. And then I started praying about it and then God started saying, okay, you need to trust me because I got it, but you need to trust me. You need to rely on me and you need to ask for my spirit to come live in your heart and guide the decisions that you make. So we're gonna sing this next part. It says, Holy Spirit, come rest on us, okay? Resting on us when you're asking for the Holy Spirit to come and rest in your life, that's just you saying, God, I realize that I can't do this without you, and I need your Holy Spirit in my life to guide me, because life is confusing, it's stressful, and it's hard, okay? You cannot do it without the Holy Spirit, okay? So right here in this moment, I want every single person, lift your hands to heaven, like you're reaching for Him, okay? We're gonna ask for His Holy Spirit to come and rest in our lives, The ever guiding presence through the decisions that we make because we cannot do it without Him. Come on, sing.
1: And one of the things that stood out to me so much throughout Corey's message, knowing that I was going to be up here during conclusion, just to give you one final quick thought before we conclude the night, was the phrase stood out to me so clearly and it's so simple, yet we can miss out on it so easily. It's simply don't settle. Do not settle, not even just for a relationship, but do not settle for anything short of the best. Because... You gotta recognize who you are. If you have Jesus in your life, if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, some of y'all accepted Jesus into your life tonight. Can I just tell you, your identity has shifted from who you once were to who Christ has called you to be. See, here's the thing, is that you were created in God's image. You know who God is? He's a king. He's a Lord. I was even reading today in Matthew chapter 12, when Jesus is talking to a group of people and there's this guy that comes into the crowd and he says, hey, your mom and your brothers are looking for you. And Jesus says, who, are, who is my brother? Who is my mother? He says, anyone who is in Christ is my brother and my sister. Meaning that we, the same identity that Jesus has as a king, the same lordship that Jesus has, we now identify with that because we are a brother to the king. You are a sister to the king. So why would a sister or a brother to the king settle like a peasant? Why would they settle for anything less than the best? Because you are, your inheritance is the best. Jesus paid a high price for you so that you can identify with him. So don't settle. Don't settle for anything less. Don't settle for a relationship that's gonna bring you down into the mud when Jesus has called you to higher things in life. And some of y'all were stoked because you accepted Jesus tonight for the very first time. You opened up your life, you opened up your heart and now you're stepping into this new relationship with him. Can I just tell you first and foremost, we are so happy and we are so proud of you to recognize that there might've been something wrong in your life and you said, hey, you know what? I've tried to solve it any other way, but Jesus is my answer. Let's make some noise for the people tonight who gave their life to Christ. How amazing is that? And if you stepped into that journey and you want to learn more, we have a free resource available for y'all called The Next Seven Days. All you have to do is hit hit us up on Instagram at bridgeyth underscore and just DM us next seven. We will give you that resource. Hey, before we jump back into uh, another time of worship, we're going to get into some hype worship. But with that being said, it's still worship. We can have fun. We're going to jump. We're going to shout. We're going to clap on beat, hopefully, for the worship team's sake. And what we're going to do is that we're going to jump up and down. We're not going to push people. We're not going to get too crazy because ultimately this is still a time of worship. Last but not least, someone say next week. Hey, next week, I have the honor of continuing this series, The Chase. Hey, all I can say is, is that as a preacher, listening to another great preacher that Corey is, it makes me pumped to get ready for next week do not miss it, because God's going to give me a word that is exactly for you. Hey, let's get into time of worship.
3: Because all my friends just want to be flaming.